Welcome to the Assemblée Dance Studio podcast, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in growing and running your dance studio. I'm your host, Claire O'Shea, and I'm a dance studio owner and business coach, helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business, and become the go-to dance studio in your area. Want to grab a free copy of my Dance Studio Growth Marketing eBook? Sign up for a free copy today of the ebook 97 Simple Strategies to Grow Your Dance Studio by going to assemblédancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. Now sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes released weekly. Hey guys, it's Clary Shea here and welcome back to another episode of the Assemble Dance Studio Coaching Podcast. In today's episode, I'm so excited to be welcoming back the amazing Amy Whitaker. She is a return guest and we are talking all about a new direction she has taken her career in, which is so, so exciting. So for those of you who don't know Amy, Amy is a versatile dancer and well-respected teacher in the Australian dance industry. She prides herself on her strong work ethic and passion for her art form, which is afforded her many opportunities across different facets of the industry. Amy is the founder of Dance Plus Australia, which is a website dedicated to strengthening the way the dance teaching industry connects. Amy has trained under the guidance of and assisted some of Australia's most well-respected choreographers and the knowledge they have imparted has allowed her to create a fulfilling career for herself as a ballet teacher, Pilates instructor, performer and adjudicator. Amy has a heap of amazing other credits to her name and I'm so excited to be welcoming her on today's chat to talk all about the new direction she's going in. So I'm so excited to be joined today by the wonderful Amy Whitaker. She's been on the podcast before. So welcome back to the show, Amy. Thanks so much for having me again, Claire. No problems. Well, last time we spoke about your awesome, awesome website, Dance Plus, which is really kind of focused on connecting dance teachers and studio owners and just just dance teachers in general. But since we last spoke on the podcast, you have launched a new venture. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So at the beginning of the year, I launched a new program called Design Your Career. And this is for dancers who are stepping out of full time for the first time or have maybe had a year or two in the um, dance community pursuing a career as a performer who just feel like they need a little bit more support, a little bit more guidance and are trying to find like a supportive community of other dancers who are also possibly striving for similar things so they can feel like they've got a place to belong. Um, So I've devised a 10-week program and it combines some group sessions once a week where we talk about a variety of different topics. And the part that I think sets my program aside is the one-on-one coaching I provide. So each week... um, Each week of the program, I sit down with the people um, one-on-one and we talk about their personal goals, things that they're striving towards, things that they might have found challenging. Sometimes they bring up things that have happened in the group session and say, need a little bit more clarity on what we were talking about in regards to this. Um, And it just gives them a moment to sit with somebody to just hear them out and hear their ideas, their wants, their desires for their for their future as a dancer and see if we can nut out how we can make those dreams actually happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe for those people listening who might not have, might not know who you are or might not know the experience that you have in the industry. So 
what 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 do you think has set you up I guess for creating this program like I know you're so experienced in the industry but like what what are you drawing upon to create the course and then to share that with your students that are going through that program yeah so the things I think I'm drawing on my experience as a teacher and my experience as a performer going through my training as well. And I see a lot of similarities in the memory of how I felt coming out of full time and sort of feeling like I'm leaving this really supportive cohort, this really supportive group of teachers and almost feel like, oh, gosh, I'm doing this on my own now, sort of diving into this ocean that is our dance community and going, what do I do now? So I think taking those feelings and and remembering how that felt for myself and then hearing the stories from the full-time students or even some of the year 12 students coming out of their, their junior schools for the first time, feeling like, oh, I feel like I need somewhere to belong. I feel like I need some support. Um, and just, yeah, thinking, oh gosh, I was that person and I completely relate. And then from a performance perspective, um, just drawing on my own experience, stories I've heard from friends who have gone through different experiences in their own careers. Uh, I feel like my career has been a bit all over the place, quite diverse. Um, so I've got a few experiences to draw from. And then I've also got the support of my team of guest teachers who come in and share their own experiences and their own expert, um, expertise, which really helps as well. Because each person that comes into the program has there's crossovers in goals and there's crossovers in ideas of how they want their career to turn out, but everybody is so individual. So having a bit of a colorful career helps. And then also bringing on the support of other people who have had different experiences to me, hopefully gives these students, you know, a bit of a leg up that, that Mm. some, some people don't feel like they have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like you said, they would have a lot of connection and guidance either in their schools that they grew up in or if they're moving into full time. And then you're kind of launched out and essentially meant to kind of go at it alone, whether that be, you know, navigating, I guess, finding management or, you know, how to do auditions. And like, I know that they would, that would be in, there would be some of that involved uh, in their full-time programs. But again, it's be more theory-based potentially at the time versus getting feedback as they're going. So um, that is really, really, really awesome. But, you know, again, you've been in the industry now for, you know, a, a while and you, like you said, you've made a few changes, you started a website. What made you decide to start this course? Like, could you see a sort of a, a gap in the market? Um, it didn't really come out as like a, oh, I want to create something new. It just, honestly, I had a really, really special group of full-timers that I was working with quite closely. And just throughout the year, I mean, this group graduated at the end of last year. So both their first and second years of full-time, um, involved lockdowns, involved a lot of Zoom classes. So, I felt like we ended up becoming a little bit closer than than I would with a regular cohort because there was a lot more time spent on online with each other. And they were very open about their concerns and open about things that they they wish they had more time to learn or um, things that they want to do once they've graduated. And I thought, you know what, I I have people in the community who would be happy to help me deliver that information or I can deliver that information. So I put it to them and said, 
well, if a program like that existed, what would you want it to look like? And we had a bit of a focus group and we came up with some some points that they really wanted to learn more about. And like you said, they did learn so much of this at full time and full time is such a valuable resource. It, it, it gives these dancers so much, but this is just the extra layer that after they've graduated, um, we can get a little bit more personal with their specific concerns. Whereas when you're in a cohort of people, sometimes the information does need to be a little bit more general um, because you don't have as much one-on-one time with each particular student. So once I'd had that focus group, I took that information away and scheduled it out into like a 10 week program, brought it back to them and said, is this something you would do? And they, they said, yep, that looks great to me. And we started the program at the beginning of term one this year. And I just got really great feedback. The um, the girls who went through the course felt supported. They felt like they they were more ready to to really go for their goals. Um, some of them made amazing, amazing leaps. You know, some people did their first job. Some people dove into the modeling industry and had their first experience as a model. Um, one, one of the girls created her first concept video. Another created her first self-tape, just these milestones that they were ticking off that perhaps they wouldn't have if they, they didn't have the support of the group and their mentors behind them. So that's kind of where it came from. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think I even saw um, the video that one of your students might have created because I think you shared it. Is it like where she's standing on that pink kind of with the pink backdrop? It was incredible. So, so incredible. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, Amy just went from strength to strength. She's an awesome performer, beautiful, beautiful dancer. And what she created, so she choreographed it herself. Um, obviously it was a solo performance, but she also got help from some of the other girls in the group critiquing some of her movement, helping her rehearse things. The podium that she stands on, one of the other girls, Lily, her sister, um, is in prop design and, and made that prop for her. Um, the One of the other girls in the program, Emily, was there with Amy on the day directing the shoot. So they all, like, it really was a community thing. They all helped each other out. They all encouraged Amy, like, this is the right thing to do. You're going to do great. And, and she's really proud of the final product. And, and honestly, she's not the only one. There's some really amazing videos about to pop up from some of the other girls as well that, that I'm just stoked that it came to fruition for them. Yeah, incredible. And like you said, potentially it might be something that then, yeah, they could have done but, but by themselves, but without like the extra guidance and support and that sort of, continuation of sort of like a mentor and a coach it it might have taken them a lot lot longer so um I think like you said making strides is just really really important and for them to do that and learn the extra content that you teach like it's really incredible now you mentioned and you touched on how like you know people in full-time have been going through COVID lockdowns and the art industry has just been absolutely like smacked in the head other than the fact that we're not kind of back at capacity, yes, musicals are starting to open back up and, yes, there's more things happening in the industry, is that the main issue facing young people that are looking to have a professional career in the industry at the moment or is there other things that you're noticing as well? 
Mm, That's definitely a major contributing factor, but it's not the only thing. There's certainly concerns and difficulties that um, that have continued that, you know, that people who graduated full-time po- uh, before COVID was even a consideration, some of those same issues that they were facing still face our dancers today post, you know, post these lockdowns. So some of those things like confidence is a huge thing. Confidence and imposter syndrome, I'm sorry, lacking of confidence is a massive barrier for students. And that's why I want to create this supportive group and somebody to just be an ear. And like most of the time, well, these girls who just did my program, that it's not an ability thing. It's not a time thing. It's not a, you know, they just needed somebody to hold them accountable and say, you got this and you can do it. And no, you have already learned that concept. You did it at full time or you did it with the support of your junior school or, you know, you already know how to do that. You've just got to go out and, and do it. So I think confidence is, is a big thing that that is helped when you've got a supportive group of people behind you being your cheerleaders and the imposter syndrome of, oh, you know, maybe I'm not ready to do this or maybe I'm not good enough to go to that audition or, you know, I'd really love to model, but am I, you know, am I allowed to say that I've grown up as a dancer? Am I allowed to say that I want to do these other art forms and try these other things? And what makes me think that I could go and perform in a musical if I've only done a little bit of singing training and, and it's just, just getting them to look, look at their self, themselves and their abilities through a different lens and go, you are good enough and you have put in the hard work. And if you want to do this, if this is something that interests you and something that you're passionate about, why not go for it? Um, and then supporting them through that and being on the other end, either when they're successful and they're loving what they're doing, or if something is unsuccessful and supporting them through those, those feelings, if they do get the no at an audition or, you know, they're, they're not feeling completely confident in their training one week. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really insightful. And I think, like you said, just the one-on-one aspect is really potentially what some of these people, um, and some of the students are needing as they transition from full-time into the working industry, hopefully. Now, a lot of people who listen to the podcast are studio owners or potential studio owners. And so this program might not be relevant for them personally, but a lot of their students and potentially their teachers who are, um, you know, either attending full-time might be, Uh, finishing full-time you know there's a lot of teachers who are also working in the industry as well in their sort of final years of uh, classes like you I think you call it like a junior school like when they're not at full-time is there ways that you know you said you work in full-time program as well that studio owners and teachers can support students in their senior years potentially as they then transition to full-time and and then into say a program like yours like is their resources or is there there's something that you know to be a really good way for studio owners to be able to support the students in their school absolutely like first and foremost already studio owners and the teachers at these studios are doing an incredible job for for you to nurture the passion a dancer has to a point where they want to pursue it as a career like that is already such a massive achievement that you've taken that student's interest and and allow them to explore that to a point where they want to make this something that they do every single day. That's 
that's already amazing. Um, some things transitioning from, from dancing in the evenings to dancing at full time, just reminding the students that it is a massive change for their bodies. Um, dancing in the afternoon, you know, you only have a certain amount of hours. So even if a student is at every single class they can possibly be at, it probably still doesn't equate to the 30 hours plus a week that they're doing at full time. So just remembering, um, you know, those phone calls you might get from a student who's been at your studio for a long time and then transitioned into full time. They're saying, I'm so tired. I'm so sore. And have I made the right decision? Of course you have. If you love what you do and you're, you're enjoying the classes, then yes, you've made the right decision. This is just a big change for your body that it will get used to if you, if you listen to your body and take care of it. Um, Cause I know there's a lot of students that, that hold their um, studio principal or their, you know, a teacher they've gotten really close to over the years, they hold their opinions in such high regard and those little phone calls or, you know, they come back to the studio for a visit or to teach a class and, and they do lean on you for support, which is amazing. Um, I think in terms of skill development, um, just nurturing their interest for researching what the industry has to offer so I know for me, in my classes, some of the first things we go through at full time is what are their goals and what are their desires? What do they want to do? If they could have any job in the dance industry in the world, what would it be? Um, so just having a look at, you know, it can be fun just watching musicals or, you know, go to the ballet or, you know, just immerse yourself in what this industry has to offer because the more you research, the more you'll understand where your strengths and weaknesses lie and what you need to do in your training and what you need to concentrate on to get that job that you want one day. Um, so, yeah, so, like, if any teachers have, you know, have musicals that they've seen that they're like, oh, this would be really great. Your homework is to watch this on Netflix or this on Disney Plus or something or, you know, bring in a program from a musical that you've just seen and go, look at all these amazing performers. Let's research this particular performer. Did you know they're from Sydney as well? And they, you know, this is how they grew up and that's really similar to you. So this could be you one day in a musical and create that excitement and that, in, that interest in the industry. I think that's really, really practical advice. And like you said, I know like you know, my studio, I don't, we don't have a heap of students transitioning into full time because ours is much more, uh, I guess people would probably refer to it as recreational, but we do like for, for the amount of that we have, like we have had a lot go to full time because they just love it. And that's really, really special to us. Um, and even some students who like, you know, when they first started, there's no way I would have anticipated them you know, doing that. So that's really exciting. But again, that those first few months, they're like, you know, kind of hobbling in, they're like bruised and battered and just a bit sore and they're loving it, but feeling really tired. I haven't had any of them ever like second guess their choice, but they've just been like, oh, it's a lot. Um, and then I never went to full-time, so it's hard for me to kind of prepare them. And so it's only kind of coming from secondhand or from my other teachers who have experienced before. And there's potentially studio owners out there who similarly never went to full-time and didn't work in industry other than in a teaching capacity. Because I always knew, for example, like I always knew I wasn't going to be a performer. Like I always knew I just, not just, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher and mm. didn't have the desire to 
audition and perform and all of that, which I'm sure there's lots of people listening who are, who are similar. So mm. it's easy to connect with sort of like situations. So it's really interesting as well to, like you said, know that they might need a bit of extra support, particularly when they're starting. Yeah, definitely. And even for the students, because you like inevitably have a bit of a mixed bag of students in a senior group who, you know, there's a portion that want to go to full time and pursue this as a career choice. And then there might be a portion who do want to continue down the teaching path. And then there's probably a portion who want to do something completely different and go and be an accountant or a doctor or something like that. I think the, the researching and finding out more about the dance industry is valuable to everybody in that class because if they're not going to take this on as a career path as a performer, it's still really valuable as a teacher because you're passing on that industry knowledge of you're learning this because one day if you choose to be a performer, this is what it takes to be in a musical or this is, oh, this is just like the character in this musical. Don't you find that inspiring? You can use those tools within your teaching. And then if a student is taking class more for fitness and fun and wants to go on and do something else with their career that is completely removed from dance, building a passion in them of valuing dance as an art form makes an amazing audience member who will nurture our industry from a general public perspective and actually be somebody who wants to, in their spare time, come and watch musicals, go and see live theatre, rent those musicals off you know, different sharing platforms and things like that. So I think, yeah, it doesn't really matter how you want to move move on in your life with dance. I think those tools are valuable for everybody. I 100% agree. And like you said, even if you're not like nurturing someone's passion in terms of wanting to pursue it as a full-time career, you can be nurturing it as a, a appreciator and a lover of all of the arts. So um, it's valid for everyone to learn. And there's always like comparisons that you can be making in a career aspect, even as a doctor, like there's, there's different things that you can be going, oh, well, hard work and all of those work ethics and things are all interrelated. So I think you said, like you said, a great a tool to be uh, incorporating at all levels of, uh, you know, dance teaching, but then also as they are starting to make those choices in the senior programs, which is really, really interesting. Now, again, we know a lot of studio owners potentially have students that move into full-time and then they might stay connected with their studio or they might not move to full-time. They might go to university or something. What is like the pathway that most people then enter into your course? Do they have to come from a full-time program or can they come straight from uh, their junior school into working in the industry? I know people seem to think you all have to go to full-time, but is, is that a path that everyone takes? Mm, I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, there's in, in any pathway in life, there are so many different choices you can make. And the best advice I think I can give any student who is either at full time or finishing off their schooling in high school is do what feels right for you at the time. So I, I am open to taking on students who have come out of their evening schools or, you know, have graduated from year 12 um, but then also taking on like the, the group I just had through had already um, had all graduated from full-time programs. Some had done one year, some had done two year. They were all completely different in their, you know, they all had a really strong work ethic 
ethic. They all had really strong desires for what they want to do with their career. So I think I don't want to say, you know, this is this is the level of education I want you at. It's more, you know, how much do you want this? How much are you willing to put your your heart and your time into into this career? I think that's more it's more the passion and the work ethic that I'm after rather than you must have done X amount of years of training um, and coming in with a clear idea of what you want to get out of this program. You're not here just to kill time. You're here because there's something that you feel is valuable to, to understand or to get out of this at the end of the 10 weeks. Yeah, really, really awesome. And like you said, there is no one pathway, but I do think, um, I know for a lot of my senior students, they just assume, I think that they have to go to full-time before they even audition. And like, I think that there's obviously so many benefits to going to full-time for what they learn, um, but there's nothing stopping them from trying to do both or, you know, like you said, there's a lot of in-between kind of programs if they're not sure what the best route for them is at the time. So really, like you said, evaluating what they think they want to do and then that potentially also can be something that you give them guidance on, which is really, really amazing. Now, as a business owner yourself working in the arts industry, what has your, like a bit of a behind the scenes, like what has been your experience in terms of transitioning into this online kind of, I guess, coaching space. I know you've already had experience moving into the online space in terms of dance plus, but again, offering a course is a, is a bit of a, is a different side to potentially, um, you know, what you've done in the past. And I always think it's really interesting to ask anyone who's on the show talking about what they do because so often I think there's dance studio owners who are listening that potentially have an idea that they don't think that they can follow or just not sure if it's going to be the right fit. So I wanted to ask what's your experience been like so far? Um, I think anything I've created myself has stemmed from feedback I've been given or an experience I have personally had and gone, gosh, I wish there was a service that did this, or I wish there was a product that did that and going, okay, is that something I can create for myself? If I'm creating it for myself, is that something that other people are interested in having or needing? Um, and then I think you get caught up in your own thoughts. And if you start to second guess yourself, I think that's the time to reach out um, to your potential customers, to your, you know, your support network and say, hey, is there something in this? Like for me, that that was when I reached out to these full-time students who are about to graduate. And I said, hey, you've told me that these are some issues for you. What if I did this about it? And actually getting that feedback and going, yeah, actually I would, or I wouldn't do it like that. I'd prefer to have it in this capacity. And um, yeah, so I think feedback from potential clients, feedback from your support network who are always the most honest with you, your family and friends um, is a really good start. And then I think honestly, the past two years, Everybody has gone, gotten so used to pivoting and changing and adapting that use the skills that you've gained in those past two years and go, you know what, if I could make that work, I can probably pivot this over here and make this idea work as well. And again, coming back to confidence and lacking confidence, finding confidence, you need somebody in your support network that's on your side going, 
you can do this. This is a great idea. You've done your research. You've put the hard work in. You're worthy of doing this or serving your audience in this way or producing this product because you've done the work. People are interested in it. Just go for it. Um, Much easier said than done, definitely. But what's the worst that can happen? There's... um, there's a motivational speaker, Mel Robbins, and she she has this saying and she does big, you know, motivational tours about it. But she says, you know, what if everything works out? I think we always think the complete opposite and go, oh, well, if I fail or if people don't buy it or if people don't like it, what would happen? But sometimes we forget to think the opposite and go, what if it works out really well? What if I nailed this? Yeah. 100 million percent and it's so so true and particularly in the online space you know if you're not investing so much money in setting it up and you know a year creating it it's really just a little bit of time and energy and there are ways you can go about it um, that even reduce that like the first time you do something so I think it's really 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 great feedback and I agree like I um have a one-year-old daughter and I we used to go to baby sensory class but we now are too old for baby sensory class so I was looking for like a class for um you know that one to two age group and I just couldn't find anything that really I liked there was either like um you know just full music class or like a more of a sort of a jimbaroo where you just basically had free play on equipment. And I was like, Oh, it's not really my, my alley. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I have a bachelor of early childhood education, so I should be able to run my own class. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, fine. And then again, set up a bit of a Google form. And now I've been getting feedback from people into what they would like in a class. And that's already creating a list of potential clients if I decide to start that class. So yeah, it's amazing. So you started with an issue and a need that was your own issue and then went to other people and gone, hey, anybody else feeling the same? And they're like, yes. Mm. Yeah, definitely the birth of a really great business venture for sure. Yeah. And I think studio owners listening to this would be going, oh, I've had this idea. I've had this problem. Um, And it's something that, you know, maybe they haven't pursued because they don't have time or they don't want to, which is totally Mm -hmm. fine. But if that it's been, it's been niggling in your brain, this is maybe your, your sign to go for it. Oh, and if anybody feels the need to create a really good dance studio management software program, I'd really appreciate (laughs) that too. One that actually works really well. Um, yeah. <laughs> so lastly, and before we wrap up today, you've told us, you know, what sort of who's your program suited for and a little bit about how you decided to go about it. But I guess, can you give us a little bit of an insight into sort of some of the things that are touched on during the 10 weeks that you work together? Yes, absolutely. So like I said before, we start with goal setting. So my main thing is because goal setting is entrenched in a lot of different workshops and programs and things like that. But I want to get down to the nitty gritty. You've got your long-term plan, your big mountain of a goal that you're hiking towards, and we break it down into manageable bite-sized pieces. So we're looking at things um, like, okay, these are my strengths and weaknesses. These are the skills that I need to develop to get to my big goal. That's going to inform what open classes I'm going to go to, what workshops I take, 
the people I seek out to learn from. So getting a little bit more in detail of, of what your goals are telling you about what you need to do with your training currently. We also have a look at your portfolio of, um, I guess, like marketing material, because as a professional dancer, you're your own boss and your only employee. So looking at what things you've got out in the world. So if you've chosen to use social media as a marketing tool, what does your social media say about you as a performer? Um, or if you haven't chosen to use social media as a marketing tool for yourself, what other avenues are you choosing to use? What does your CV look like? How are you, um, how are you preparing your invoices for when you do get, um, do get work? What headshots do you have for body shots? Do we need to update those? Do you have enough diversity in your portfolio? Um, and then we just have a look at those gaps and look at a bit of an action plan to fill the gaps. And that's going to be different for every, everybody. Um, audition and casting technique. This is where I call upon some of my um, very, very talented friends in the industry who come and support with some audition and casting techniques. So we have a casting director come in and do a bit of a talk and some activities um, that will help you build your confidence and build some skills to go in for like a TVC casting, for example, and the audition, what it's like to go into um, a professional audition. Um, this year we had beautiful Shannon Burns um, who choreographs for Opera Australia. She came in and did a session and she it was a it was a really killer killer class but she took them through a ballet call and through some repertoire from one of the operas and the girls just learned so much from her um we also talk about maintaining a positive mindset we know that as a dancer there's going to be times where you're told no you don't achieve at an audition even if you felt really confident it could even be um, managing your relationship with your agent um, managing relationships and balancing your life and your work that you might be, um, you know, it might be a teaching position. It might be a retail job that you're also trying to balance with your um, life as a professional dancer. So just looking at some strategies to stay motivated, um, you know, manage those feelings when you're having a little bit of a low day, rewarding yourself and actually giving yourself the opportunity to enjoy your successes when you have them rather than go, good, I got that job, next thing. So actually celebrating yourself for a moment. Uh, money management um, as a dancer and a sole trader, woof, that's a tricky one. So um, I bring in an accountant who um, is also a money management coach and she talks us through how we do our tax and our manage our super as a sole trader and she also looks at some of those tricky situations like I said before if you're if you're balancing your life as a sole trader as a professional dancer but then you also have work in retail or you're employed at a cafe or something like that having a look at what that means when it comes to tax time and then also being able to afford the lifestyle that you want while supporting your career. So how are you going to manage your money so you can still go out on the weekend with your friends, but also have that savings towards a self-tape that you want to create or a workshop that you want to do overseas? Um, and then in our last week, we sort of consolidate everything and we look back on our journey. We go, we, we look back at our, um, our career goals. We look at the training. We look at our motivations. Um, you know, how we've, how we've changed and altered and tried things through those 10 weeks and where we're at now and have a look at where we want to be for the rest of the year. So that's kind of a really basic crash course of the 10 weeks and then listed in there, you've got your one-on-one -on -one sessions as well. 
Yeah, fantastic. And I just guess I want to clarify as well. You spoke about, you know, someone coming in and taking a class, but is your course accessible for people who maybe aren't in your area and want to take it online as well? Yeah, so we can we can do an online version. For example, there were a few weeks. So all the girls um, who took my program um, in season one, they were all able to travel to Sydney. However, during the floods that we had um, affected two of the girls who were driving down from the central coast each week. So they took the online option for a couple of weeks there whilst they were isolated at home. So it can definitely be an online version. Um, it can be a hybrid of online and face-to-face or it can be completely face-to-face so it's just situation-based and I think um, we just yeah have a chat about what what is most suitable to you amazing so if people were in like maybe dancers are listening to this and want to reach out to you or a studio owner might have or a teacher might have a perfect person in mind for your program what's the best way to get in contact with you or to you know find out more about the course Yeah, sure. So probably through the Instagram page. So the handle is design.yourcareer. And on there, I've got a link to some more. um, So to our program handbook, which has got all of our information, pricing, um, when the course is starting, how to apply, all that sort of thing. And um, a few more details about what we actually do in the 10 weeks and how the one-on-one coaching sessions work. I've also got some testimonials from past students and some of the work that some of the past students have been producing. Um, So yeah, it's also good for getting a little bit more information and seeing what we do. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today, Amy. And it's always, you know, it's so exciting to hear what you're up to and to chat with you. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Assemble Dance Studio Coaching Podcast with your host, me, Claire O'Shea. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it on your stories on Instagram and tag the show or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Assemble Dance Studio Coaching. Tune in next week for another episode all about helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business and become the go-to dance studio in your area. See you then.